0: live from the heartland and the crossroads of America it's Tony Katz today it's been a long time since I really followed hockey when I was most into hockey uh, the Rangers were winning the Stanley Cup yeah yeah it's, it's been it's been a while Tony Katz Tony Katz today, good to be with you. 833, got Tony, 833-468-8669. But hockey is making news. Because there's a defenseman for the Philadelphia Flyers. Ivan Provorov. I think I've got his last name right. Ryan Ryan's running the board today. I got it right, right? Provorov? That's correct. Yeah, thank you. Well, over there for the Philadelphia Flyers they were doing pride night and i guess the um, hockey jersey they were wearing what did it what, had a, a patch on it or or whatever whatever it may be a uh, rainbow patch whatever it is and ivan provorov was like yeah i'm not doing this so during the uh the, the 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 pregame the warmups flyers players uh, were wearing pride night jerseys and using a stick uh using sticks wrapped in rainbow pride tape so like right there on, on the blade of the stick uh, it would be this this rainbow tape provorov says um this is a religious choice now i have him here do me a favor ryan finger on the dump button i don't think he's cursing or anybody is in this but i didn't get to hear all of it so just in in, in case this is uh ivan Provorov from the philadelphia flyers
1: everybody i respect everybody's
2: choices my choice is to stay true to myself and my religion that's all i'm gonna say Any, uh, like I said, that's all I'm going to comment on. That. Um, If you have any hockey questions, I would like I would answer those. Can you clarify? What is your
1: religion?
2: Russian Orthodox.
0: So Ivan Provorov is Russian Orthodox. Wouldn't go into detail, and says uh, I respect everybody. I respect everybody's choices. My choice is to stay true to myself and my religion. What's wrong with that? I am told that it is okay to take a knee for the national anthem. He didn't take a knee in protest of a pride night. He chose not to participate. He's the Megan Rapinoe of hockey. Why isn't he being lauded and glorified? Instead, on Canadian television, that's right, they've got TV in Canada, I have got their uh, sports guys um, apoplectic.
2: If the National Hockey League is going to do this, if any league is going to do this, do it properly or reevaluate what you're doing. Because there's not a lot of repercussions And I'm seeing from any league. Now, it could change with the NHL. It could change with the NHL. I think you find the Flyers a million dollars for this. I'm not kidding. Fine
0: the Flyers a million dollars for a player saying, I'm not comfortable. This isn't something I want to celebrate. I'm not going to create a scene. I'm just not going to show up. Fine the Flyers, the team, the NHL team, a million dollars. But his explanation gets even better.
2: Figure this out and stop offending people on nights where it's not about that it's supposed to be about inclusivity the national hockey league need to attack this and figure this out because what i heard last night was offensive and didn't make any sense to you it was offensive and didn't make any
0: sense to you with all due respect i don't know who this guy is who gives a damn if you're offended Colin Kaepernick takes a knee for the national anthem and wears socks that show cops as pigs. It's offensive to a lot of people. You know what those people were told? You're a racist. Couldn't they have just been offended? Couldn't they have just thought that Colin Kaepernick was wrong? By the way, Colin Kaepernick was wrong. When Dave Chappelle does one of his comedy specials, I think this was the Bird, equi- uh, the bird Revelation, Equanimity and the Bird Revelation, the Bird Revelation, talks about Colin Kaepernick did this for us. He had food in his belly. He didn't have to go out on a limb for us. He didn't go out on a limb for you, Dave. And you haven't yet proven that he did. I think you want to feel it, but you haven't been able to show it fine him a million dollars and how dare he do this it's about inclusivity and what is the uh, the intellectual
2: response from this uh, sportscaster not kidding figure this out and stop offending people on nights where it's not about that it's supposed to be about inclusivity the national hockey league need to attack this and figure this out because what i heard last night was offensive and didn't make any sense to you it was about inclusivity are you sure it was about inclusivity
0: are you sure that the wearing of a, a, a gay pride uh, flag um, yeah, it's still a flag right yeah uh, and it's gone through a lot of changes because it's no longer about being gay it's about a political movement so is that about inclusivity or is that about fealty Because that flag has become about a political movement. I mean, if you want to argue it, sportscasters stepping into this realm have not, in the main, done the research to be able to properly engage the conversations. And I personally am exhausted by these people. So I go full on. Which, of course, you would expect. Gay pride is not about being gay. It's about political affiliation. It's a political movement. You think conservative gay people are allowed uh, in, in, in the gay pride movement? Or the pride movement? It's not even about gay pride. It's about all the other things. The the GTQ, or it's the B and the T and the Q and the I and the A and the plus and whatever other letter they've decided to throw in there. And however many more colors, they're throwing on the chevron pattern of the flag. It wasn't offensive. He didn't make fun of anybody. He didn't talk smack about anybody. He didn't disrespect anybody. He just didn't show. And this sportscaster's
2: out of his head. Because, for instance, if that was a military night, okay? Right. If anyone in Canada or in the States on a military appreciation night wouldn't wear a jersey pregame, do you have any idea the uproar that would have happened on that?
0: Mm -hmm there probably would have been some uproar. I wholeheartedly agree. There would have been some uproar. And there was uproar when Muhammad Ali would not report for his military service because he was a conscientious objector saying his religion prevented him from doing so. And if I were to ask this sportscaster in Canada today, he would call Muhammad Ali a hero because he's stuck by his convictions. Enter Ivan Provorov. Because you don't agree? One can argue that Colin Kaepernick was, had, had a conviction, and that's why he took the knee. He was really gonna start the conversation about police brutality in the United States. Uh, No conversation about police brutality was started in the United States because of Colin Kaepernick. It was only a question of whether or not it's disrespectful to kneel for the flag. And if you should say that it was disrespectful, you would then get attacked as being racist. And we know this because we saw what happened to Drew Brees at the hands of people like LeBron James. We saw it. We saw it with our own eyes, heard it with our own ears. I uh, witnessed it right there. There's a difference between activism and acting out of conviction. Even if I disagree with it, there are people out there who act out of conviction all the time. Nothing wrong with that. There are people out there who are focused on activism. The truth is, in the main, there's nothing wrong with activism, there's something wrong with forcing people into action. The argument being made by the Canadian sportscasters is, you must do this. You should be compelled to do this, and he wants to fine an NHL team a million dollars to compel players to do something against their own convictions their own beliefs. He doesn't believe that you should be free in your thoughts and your mind. He believes, and there are people out there shaking their heads in agreement with him, that you should be forced to be inclusive. You will learn to comply. The story is fascinating because it's a conversation about force. It's a conversation about what happens when you say no. And let's say it one more time. This whole conversation about pride, pride has become a political movement. And I wouldn't wear the rainbow flag either. It's a political movement that doesn't believe I should have a voice in anything. Ask that political movement, if you're gay and conservative, can you still be a part of the movement? If, if What happens at that moment? What if you're a gay man, but you don't agree that children can determine their own gender? Do you get to still be a part of the movement? Oh, by the way, the answer is, is, is no, you don't. They, they absolutely frown upon such a thing. People who talk from emotion and not from fact make the worst kind of people. And those people far too often end up in sports. Not every sports guy is like this. There are people in sports who can talk and share and and engage in a wide variety of subjects. But man, I maybe it's the ESPNification of 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 the sports anchor. They've all become these these woke puritanical scolds who think they really somehow know best with low rent analysis. And the louder they can get, the more passion they're showing you so you know they're serious. I think you let a guy uh, have his religious beliefs and you move on with the day. Unless of course, it's not about having your own beliefs, it's about force. But that's a different subject for a different day. I'm Tony Katz. All right, follow up sports story. This this LIV golf, this thing coming out of Saudi Arabia, still has everybody kind of nuts. This competitor to the PGA and the money they're going to be spending, and could you belong to one and join another? Patrick Reed. All right, I, I, again, golf is still not my sport. Uh, I don't understand why I would uh, mess up an opportunity to sit in a clubhouse uh, and have a cigar with playing 18 rounds of golf or 18 holes of golf. I don't get it. I I don't get why I would do it. Why would I ruin a perfectly good walk? I am I am that guy. I appreciate you doing it. I don't even own clubs anymore. I had clubs for years. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. Good to be with you. I golfed twice. I mean they weren't they were RAM clubs. R A M. I don't even know the brand's still out there. I bought a set of clubs like, "All right, I guess I should learn how to do this." Tried it twice and nope. We're done here. And that's it. that's my own personal take. Notice, I don't think other people are bad people for golfing. you feel free you live your, look whatever you want to do, you want to live your dreams, you want to pretend you're tiger you desperately need that much time away from your spouse. It's okay by me. It's okay although I do love uh, the, the couples that golf together. I'm like that's awesome. that's really cool. Golf together there is nothing I don't want to do with my wife, but I I, thank goodness Because if my wife golfed and she was like no you gotta come golfing with me. I'd be like yeah um, This relationship isn't gonna work But I guess you find your people I guess that's what it is Patrick Reed Ryan, do you know who Patrick Reed is? You know the Patrick Reed from LIV golf Ryan doesn't know. Um, he wants an apology from Jake Tapper from CNN and Bob Costas. Uh, his claim is that Tapper, who is a jerk, uh, made uh, defamatory comments, which, according to Reed's lawyers, were, quote, designed to incite ridicule, hatred, and violence against Reed and other LIV players. Good. Good. So here's here's my Jake Tapper story. Jake Tapper, Willie Geist, jerks. I had was on Fox News it's over a year ago now. No, it was, it was during the election, during the 2020 election. My gosh, time has flown. And there was this whole conversation about Trump interrupting Biden, so they were going to cut off his microphone. And so I was asked about it. I was doing this Fox hit on, on Fox and Friends, and I said, so you're gonna have Trump's microphone cut off so we won't hear it, but Biden is gonna hear him, and he's gonna get interrupted. Is that what you really want, a stuttering, stammering Joe Biden? That, basically the exact words I used. Oh my gosh, the leftists went crazy. He's making fun of Joe Biden's stutter. I never did such a thing. I never did such a thing. As I've argued, I could have said it cleaner, but I didn't make fun of anybody. And oh, oh, the comments on social media. Well, I got called um fat and I and I had beaver teeth. That those were the two big ones. I didn't know what the beaver teeth thing was. I was just like, "Good Lord." But I found it stunning that of the 20,000 comments that I got, and by the way I'm close to it on that number it wasn't people engaged in a conversation, it was people engaged in name calling, the thing they claim I did to Joe Biden that I didn't do, but they were definitely doing it and the tweet was the receipt and one of those people who piled on was Jake Tapper woke up this morning, looked at Twitter, saw this awful thing, closed Twitter added to the pylon that I received that day. By the way, I, um, the way you handle the mob on Twitter is go about living your life. I didn't spend my day on Twitter, why, why would I? I, I? I have a wife, I have children, I got things to do, man. Cigars to smoke, briskets to smoke. My gosh, what can't be smoked? That's legal. So Jake Tapper Is that kind of low-class jerk, in my view, based on my experiences, who will absolutely try and vilify somebody so he can get a couple extra likes? As for Bob Costas, I'm not sure what he did, but he's in the lawsuit as well. It was Jake Tapper and Willie Geis from MSNBC who both engaged the pylon. I'm going to give money to this group here because of what Tony Katz said. Dude, give money anywhere you want. You weren't going to do it before. It takes you, you, you lying about me to show how decent you are, man. You, it's, it's like you have no issues to talk about with your therapist, Willie Geist. I'm curious to see where these lawsuits go. Curious, especially if you're saying uh, of people who joined Liv that they're taking blood money. That's um. That is, that is saying something right there. You you might have to deal with the ramifications of that. I, I, there, there have been so many defamation suits over the last few years. Nicholas Sandman with CNN, and then the Kyle Rittenhouse defamation suits. We're going to see where they go. Now this. Does any of this change the way media acts? I mean, can you really change the way... Jake Tapper X. I, I don't think so. I think uh, uh, the, the the ego drives. He doesn't worry about the money that he doesn't have to pay out. Find everything, TonyKatz.Locals.com. This is Tony Katz Today.
3: The most noble causes of uh, humankind... And we have also the problems, in my opinion, of the business model of social media in which of course the interest is to have as as much interactions as possible and to reach as much people as possible and uh, as uh, we know from traditional media that what is news is not when a a dog bites a man, what is news is when a, 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 a man bites a dog. The the algorithms and the business model of social media are constructed in such a way that they tend to expand the, I would say, the the information, the positions, the ideas that are more extreme, that are more controversial, that create more trouble. And so I think it's it's not a question of censorship that will solve the problem. The question is the business model needs to be redesigned, the algorithms need to be redesigned in order not to be based on evil to make profit.
0: Always good when the United Nations wants to tell you how not to be evil. Meanwhile, they allow Libya to be on human rights commissions, and they say that Israel should be ruined for you know being a democracy. But good on the United Nations, they got it all figured out. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, good to be with you. Eight three three got Tony. Eight three three four six eight eight six six nine. I don't think that social media companies are evil if they allow people to speak. I think they're evil when they say only certain people can speak. What uh, Mr. Uh, uh, Guterres uh, from the UN is saying is that the algorithms need to be redesigned in order not to be based on evil. He favors less speech. That's That's a good dude. He's speaking there in Davos. Davos is the site of the World Economic Forum, and um, Davos is, well, where the enemy goes to hang out with other enemies to figure out how they can further hurt you. This was started back in the 70s by a guy by the name of Klaus Schwab. This is Klaus Schwab in an interview, I think this interview is, is, um recent if, if 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 i if i understand it this is Klaus schwab
1: in a, a let's say a differentiation on the one hand we have uh... state capitalism on the other hand we have shareholder or private capitalism so it's a clash between two systems i i believe that um state capitalism in the short term in the short term provides certain advantages because you can mobilize in a concentrated way a lot of resources to reach a specific objective but I believe that the future is not state capitalism or shareholder capitalism the future is what I call stakeholder capitalism which um, is combined with the social responsibility. So you mean communism? There's no such thing
0: as stakeholder capitalism, or shareholder capitalism, or state capitalism. Any time you put a descriptor in front of capitalism, it is a bastardization of capitalism. You're not actually engaged in it. You're engaged in some level of control from government. You're engaged in pushing some type of socialism, nay communism. Of course you are. The issue that all these people have with capitalism, the issue is that it engages the idea that you have control of your life and they freaking hate that. They really, really do. And that's why I'm going over this stuff. Because there's a reason to be afraid of these people. There's a reason that you need to fight back against them. This is Representative Salazar from, I think from uh, Florida is, is, is where she's from. Maria uh, Elvira Salazar. Um, I want to make sure that I, I heard this properly. I want to make sure that it's understood. Here she is speaking at the World Economic Forum.
2: For all of the immigration system. Because not only we need those hands, like the Congress, like us, a senator was saying, but we need to also give dignity to those people who are in the country. And those are the people that I represent. We're talking about 13, 15 million people who are most of them Hispanics. I would say 85% who speak my language, look like me, and sound like me, that are contributing with the economy of this country, and they live in the shadows. So it's time to seal the border, like she said order, let's see who comes in and who doesn't, and then turn around and give dignity. That doesn't mean path to citizenship. That means to include them and make them dignified members of our community. Thank you.
0: I have heard this expression, dignity, again and again and again. I don't know what they mean, and they don't know what they mean. What dignity allows you to say is that if you're opposed to it or you question it, you don't believe in the dignity of people? Whoa. Slow down there. I don't know what you're saying, and I believe neither do you. If you want to talk about 13 to 15 million people, most of whom are Hispanic, who are living in the shadows, first, less and less people live in the shadows every single day. I mean, that's we just see this in, in, in our natural existence. You, want, you don't want to give them a path to citizen, citizenship but you wanna make them dignified dignified members of our community, you have to describe what that, that means. What does that mean? Because what we're told is dignity means citizenship. And I don't know if I award people, reward people who break the law. If you ask me, do we need to have strong, robust, valuable legal immigration and welcome more people into America to become Americans and demand of them the American way of life? The answer is yes. And that includes a very, very honest, open, clear conversation that where you came from is not as good as where you are. My grandmother, rest her soul, Ethel, Came from Poland, my grandfather. Rest his soul, Ruben came from Poland. They didn't know each other. They didn't know each other in Poland. They met in Brooklyn when they were going to night school to learn English. It's a true story. They used to walk home together. Overall, I forget which bridge. I don't know if it was the Manhattan Bridge or the Brooklyn Bridge. They'd walk home together. That's how they met. Unbelievable story. I mean, you're talking about people who, uh, and they were children. I mean, my, my grandmother was, was 15, 16. My grandfather would have been a little bit older, and they were escaping Poland in the 30s as Jews. <laughs> Not easy. I'm only here because of them. Um, I favor the idea of legal immigration. My grandmother, as I was telling the story, never once said, and I got to America, and you know what I said? This place should be more like Poland. Never once in her life did I ever hear my grandmother say a kind word about Poland. It was dirty, and it was terrible, and it smelled, and it was awful. When my parents moved out of Brooklyn, they moved to New Jersey, and Jews didn't move to Jersey. You moved to Long Island. That's what you did. Sorry, Long Island. You moved to Long Island. That's what you did. You didn't move to Jersey. Who moved to Jersey? Cows. Cows in New Jersey. You didn't move to New Jersey. My parents moved to New Jersey, and they they, they bought a house, and they added on a living room, this, this, this amazing two-level living room with this massive cobblestone fireplace and had a copper hood It was, and and probably still is, because I have to assume it's all still there, because if anybody, they they sold the house years ago, if anybody changed that, uh, there's a place in hell for them. I mean, just spectacular. The walls of this living room, which was gigantic, um, instead of doing standard, you know, walls, sheetrock, they had um, rough-sewn barn board. Wood, it was actual wood that lined the walls everywhere. When my grandmother saw this for the first time, she's yelling at my mother, how could you do this? I was born in a barn. You want white walls, clean white walls. That's the sign of success. She could not grasp the idea that my parents would do such a thing. Never once in the entire life of my grandmother did I ever hear her say, "Now Poland, that was good stuff. To not maybe her dying day, but to the certainly some of the last conversations I ever had with her, was only upset that she couldn't get rid of her accent. That's what we need more of. She didn't stop being Jewish. She didn't stop celebrating the holidays. She didn't stop speaking Yiddish. None of that stopped. I don't think any of that should stop. Go about engaging full on your heritage. Share, enjoy, rejoice, love, be. But recognize that where you are is better than where you came from. Because it is. As a fact. And one of the things that we have to do if we're really going to be serious about immigration changes is we have to admonish and vilify those people who want to attack the United States. They're wrong. We're better. Now, that doesn't mean that we can't do better. We can't do more. We can't make improvements. We can't do better. Of course, we can do better. I recognize as fact we can do better. But you think you can say to me that the country you're coming from to escape to get the united states is better than coming to the united states and better than the us well then you should have stayed and that conversation should be clear as a bell It would do the country a great amount of good a great amount of good so representative salazar needs to be able to better answer this question she needs to better be able to explain what it is that she's saying, because right now it is, I believe, purposeful, purposeful in its, its level of confusion. Absolutely. And then of course, how can you have a moment at Davos without John Kerry, your climate czar, to tell you that we're all going to die? Well, I,
1: I'm just not going to do it there. It's too risky. Um, and and I know there's a sensitivity in many quarters um, of an impatience about, you know, that kind of reality. But it is a reality. I mean, you know, Winston Churchill said democracy is the worst form of government except for everything else. And that's kind of the world we look at today. Mm. Uh, so It's not perfect. It's never really going to be perfect. But you've got to work out the best you can. I think it's remarkable what we're doing today. Mm. I think we're moving at at a a much faster speed. But we need government. I mean, for instance, what what the US did with the Inflation Reduction Act was basically create a framework which invited people to use their capital in certain ways. Didn't tell them they had to. Didn't pick winners. Didn't pick losers but created a production tax credit, investment tax credit, and people can go out and do their thing and compete in the marketplace. But you've got to facilitate that. On the other hand, I've come to believe, after the years I've been in public service, and when I left being Secretary of State, I was convinced, no government is going to solve this problem. Let's understand that. No government has enough money to plug those trillions and do what we have to do. So like it or not, We must find a way to create the incentives that bring the private sector to the table. You mean threaten them.
0: You didn't pick winners and losers, but you just discussed how the Inflation Reduction Act, which doesn't reduce inflation, picks winners and losers, and now you're discussing that you need to have the private along with the public because, after all, how could you get to the dictionary definition of fascism, and now you got to force them to do it through coercion. That isn't what he said. We'll break more of it down tomorrow. In the meantime, I said, if you heard me earlier today, that I think Republicans have got to rally behind Vice President President Kamala Harris. Oh, it would have been much more dramatic if I had said it right. I'll tell you what I'm talking about coming up. Keep it here. I'm Tony Katz. So you gotta follow me. You gotta follow me, and I am not saying that uh, I, I'm not saying that I can't be wrong. Just follow me, Tony Katz. Tony Katz, today, it's good to be with you. The press corps is angry at Joe Biden. This scandal, the classified documents, this is the real deal. The talking heads less, because the talking heads are in a different business, and their business is not reality. Their business is ideology. We move forward. I was discussing this on my morning show. I said, what if the Republicans, recognizing the threat that Joe Biden has now created by having these classified documents everywhere... We can't have people having classified documents everywhere being accessed by Hunter Biden or Hunter Biden's friends. And so what we have to do is we have to, as a unified party say, as much as we disagree with her, the union must stand and the institutions must be trusted. And that's why we have no choice but to say we would support a President Kamala Harris. (laughs) If you believe that these documents are just the tip of an iceberg, or if you believe these documents are the total total of the story, and you believe that Joe Biden put the nation at risk, if you tell me, well, you keep Joe Biden around because politically it hurts him, and you do better, so do we believe in politics, or do we believe in the nation over politics? I I don't know. I'm a guy who does questions of the day, but maybe that one's it. You tell me.
2: Keep it here. I'm Tony Katz. This is Tony Katz today.